My guest today on Mission Impact is Lewis Flats. Lewis and I talk about sponsorships and it, we explore why companies are interested in sponsorships, some of the misconceptions, and why to create real value, you will need to get beyond your traditional bronze, silver, and gold level sponsorships. Mission Impact is the podcast for progressive nonprofit leaders who want to build a better world without becoming a martyr to the cause. I'm Carol Hamilton, your podcast host and nonprofit strategic planning consultant. Welcome, Lewis. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Carol. A pleasure to be here and, and looking forward to uh, discussing uh, sponsorship and the tie-in with associations and nonprofits. Absolutely. So I like to kind of start at the beginning. I guess, um, you know, the sound of music inspires that, but start at the very beginning. <laughs> but but what what drew you to the work that you do? What What motivates you and what would you say is your why? So when I first started working within the nonprofit world, realized when it came to sponsorship and how to go about it, when it came to how to structure and set up a sponsorship, when it came to how to go ahead and sell it, there was a lack of knowledge there. There was a lack of awareness. And the idea of how they worked with corporations and funders where they needed assistance and guidance, I felt uh, a need or an urge to, to help, to give back, to assist and, su and support them. So went to work for a, a larger consulting firm and then started my own firm in, in 2008. All right, so you've been been around the block a few times. Yeah, and, that, that's, what, said, that's, that's what my kids tell me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so as you said, you, you work with nonprofits and associations on sponsorships. Um, just so folks have some context, can you define sponsorship first? Sure. So sponsorship is where a company or an organization is paying a fee back to a property, be it an association or a nonprofit, where they're gaining specific benefits or specific rights, uh, which they value. And what would you say motivates organizations to enter into those sponsorships? And I'm saying from the the, the corporation side, what 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 do they see as um, kind of a gift get of what they're getting from that relationship? Sure. So they're aligning with an organization that can add value. So on the association side, often it's visibility, awareness, connection to thought leadership. On the traditional nonprofit side, it's aligning with a good cause. It's connecting with an organization which aligns with their values. And what would you say are some of the key misconceptions that people have about uh, sponsorships? You, you t said that when you started, there kind of was a lack of knowledge. Um, wh what are the things that you kind of have to help people understand about those misconceptions? Sure. When it comes to sponsorship, often organizations on the nonprofit side look at, okay, we'll put together a prospectus and we'll send it out. And especially now, given the pandemic and things that have occurred, sending out a prospectus is not nearly enough. Sending out, you know, here's a standard offering of gold, silver, bronze, and this is what you get. That's not the way to generate higher revenue. That's not the way to customize or target 
in a way that's meaningful to a potential sponsor. So what, what would you have organizations do instead? So there are a number of steps to take in working with different organizations. I walk them through a process that I term step up in terms of how to go about what it is that you can offer, what it is the sponsor is interested in, and then how you could structure your program to connect with the potential sponsors and align with your culture and your organizational values. Can you give me an example of when you've seen that kind of work well? Um, sure. In terms I'm, of building that building that relationship. Yeah, there are there are many instances. So, for example, with different associations, it's well, what is it that they're offering that's of value? So, in working with one group, they have a, an awards program, a safety awards program. And for a sponsor that's in a space where they're tied into safety, so say an insurance company or other types of companies, well, if they can get involved with the safety program and they're providing insurance to the members of that association, all of a sudden it changes the dynamic. Because if an insurance company is working with those who submit, apply, or involved in a safety awards program, well, they want to insure them. And if they can provide guidance as to how to handle safety procedures at a, in a manufacturing plant or how to handle safety procedures in a different environment, that's who they want to insure. So if they can get involved either on the selection committee or get involved in terms of articles on safety or get involved in terms of uh, working with that awards program, that offers far more value then you have your name and your logo on the website and on signage and pasted anywhere and everywhere. So when it aligns with what the company is seeking and the specific association or nonprofit, it, it's far greater. So I, I toss out an awards program because I've seen that work a number of times. What are some other misconceptions that you see folks have about sponsorships? Um, often they view it as a connection with a board member and the board member knows someone. And as a result, oh, we'll set up this, uh, this sponsorship uh, offering. And they think that that's the key value where the board member leaves and often, boom, the sponsorship disappears. So um, what would you say are some of the challenges that organizations are facing in terms of sponsorship? sponsorships and building those partnerships? The issue often that they face is the idea of corporate involvement and how to go about it. Moving beyond, well, we can offer a webinar or we can offer a slot at a conference or we can offer a table at a gala because those are just tools. They're just tools in a toolbox. But what is it that the sponsor wants? How do they want to get involved? What's meaningful to them? And often on the association nonprofit side, they only see it as, well, what can we offer without thinking about it from the lens or from the perspective of the sponsor? So what are the types of things that sponsors are often looking for? Normally it's going to, so with associations, are they interested in a specific regulatory issue? Are they interested in reaching set or tying in with a consumer promotion campaign? Are they interested in an advocacy effort? What issues or challenges that 
the member base, the distribution list, what, what are the issues and concerns that they face? And how can we respond or, or address those? So again, can you give me kind of an example of, of what you're, um, of those kinds of situations, like the, those, those values that they see? Sure, so let's look at say a regulatory issue. Uh, let's say it's in the accounting space where the association is, to provide, is looking to provide information. Well, the accounting firms are going to have information on that regulatory issue. And if they can provide that information, be it in, in, in the form of an article, maybe a webinar, a conference presentation, a survey, and all of those can be tied together, that's where it's offering far greater value to the sponsor. And it's going to offer value to the association, assuming that they have authority and they vet and review what's, what's presented and who's going to be presenting. And from this, what, what mistakes do you see sponsors making when they when they try to, you, you know, make the most of, a, of a, their sponsorship and that partnership? Often they're looking at it as a short term game. Well, we need to have X number of leads. Well, that's generally not how sponsorship works. It's often, well, if you're going to be involved, you're going to get out of it what you put in. So sponsors need to, so for example, if it's a regulatory issue or it's an advocacy campaign or it's a specific issue, well, do they develop content? Do they have resources? Do they have information that's of value, not just a product demo. They have information that's of value to, to the audience. So it's getting out of kind of just a pure sales mode then and thinking about what are the, yeah, what's the information, what's the thought leadership that they can, they can share and provide. Absolutely. Yes. And how about on, on the um, kind of more traditional nonprofit, sometimes I feel like it's, it's kind of easier to see the connections uh, from an association point of view. Um, but your more traditional nonprofits are also interested in engaging corporate partners. Um, do, do you see differences there between the two in, in approach? Um, yes, in the sense that from the standpoint of how they go about it, often it's somewhat the same. Yeah, associations are often looking at it. You know, they're both sending out the perspective. Associations are often looking at it saying, well, they should want this. And it's visibility logos everywhere. The, non, the traditional nonprofits are often looking at it through the lens of board member connections and, and how to leverage those. And it's more, well, you know them, so they should sponsor, as opposed to what the value is from uh, the company standpoint. And what are some steps that organizations can take to get started in this if they haven't, you know, haven't had a sponsorship program before? What are kind of some of the basics? Sure. So I walk organizations through what I term a step up, S-T-E-P. And the S stands for, well, what's their current situation? And looking at who they have as sponsors and who's within their sponsor uh, network. And then also addressing the key challenges. What is preventing them? What is stopping them from establishing that sponsorship program? And that could be maybe there's board uh, resentment. It could be maybe we don't know corporate decision makers. It could be. So what are those challenges 
often organizations will, or nonprofits or associations will begin to set up their sponsorship program and, oh, we'll come back to those challenges later. We'll address that down the line. And it's when they do that, those challenges are going to pop up again. Those obstacles are going to come back. And if they don't address that up front or think through how they're going to address it, there's going to be an issue. There's going to be a problem. Um, so the first step is to evaluate your current situation and figure out how you're going to move forward. I feel like every every consulting process starts with that first step of that current figuring out what that current situation is. And um, when I'm working with groups on strategic planning, um, that whole process of of helping them also have a shared understanding of what that current state is, I think, is is also a helpful step that that uh, consultants can can bring to organizations that they may be. I know for me, when I'm working with or, uh, clients, um, there's often a perception or almost a fear that there's such a you know breadth of ideas and perspectives, and then once you um, you know have a chance to talk to folks and kind of get into it, uh, it turns out that there's actually a lot more common understanding and shared perspective than people realize. Yes, absolutely. Um, so what kind of trends are you seeing in uh, the whole arena of sponsorships? Yeah, the trends are there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of unknowns. So on both the association and nonprofit side, they're unsure how to move forward. And so what ends up happening is they don't do anything or they don't make changes. So the idea of making changes and making shifts as to how they're going to approach things, the associations and nonprofits that are going to thrive are the ones that are willing to take those chances. And when yeah, I, say, I would imagine, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, when I say take those chances, they're willing to experiment, they're willing to test and recognize that not everything will go right. And when I say not everything will go right, whether it's an event, whether it's uh, a webinar, whether it's a sponsorship offering, they're going to try something new. And most organizations recognize that they need to do that. A lot of them won't. So the key is to take a step, make an effort. And, and on the sponsor side, there's a lot more awareness of when organizations do that, they respect that. They acknowledge that it's these are different times. Yeah. And I would imagine that, you know, at least in, in my limited experience um, of just observing what goes on in, in sponsorship programs, kind of from, from the sides, certainly, in, in working in different organizations. Um, I think what I've seen is kind of a traditional model is one that's very, um, very event-focused, uh, oftentimes around an annual conference or some kind of annual convening. And, you know, since the pandemic, with some, so many things going virtual, um, there's not kind of that same... I, I guess it, it, it seems like the, the traditional like slap the logo everywhere. Um, it, it's just not the same in the online environment. So what, what kind of shifts have you seen with that, um, you know, with everything that folks have been contending with in the last couple of years? Yeah, when it comes to events, organizations have learned, well, if you're just focused on events, you're going to be in trouble because virtual in a virtual environment, whether it's Zoom or Teams or whatever the format is, you can't appease an exhibit hall of 500 people. You can't appease a gala where you had 100, 150 tables. 
so moving beyond events is a big component of how these organizations should shift. So earlier, when you asked me for examples, the idea of a safety program or a safety awards program, the idea of a specific regulatory issue, when it's focused on a theme or an issue, it's far greater because then it's not event centric and organizations could be more effective. The issue is a lot of the organizations struggle with how to piece that together. If the conference department doesn't talk to the group that handles webinars, doesn't talk to the magazine area, doesn't speak to the research area, it's a lot tougher and they need to navigate through that because the truth is if there's good content and it was featured in a magazine article, well, why not tie that into a webinar? And then why not include that at a conference presentation? Why not tie that into a survey? And why not allow the good content or the good content from a specific source, perhaps a sponsor and others, and you connect that across the organization, it's far better for the organization and it's easier than to establish a stronger sponsorship program. So it's more about themes, concepts, topics or issues that are of interest to the member base or to the audience. And when that's done, it's far easier to set up a, a, a successful sponsorship program. That's a really interesting flip. And I think it, you know, beyond just sponsorship, it goes to a lot that, you know, especially associations are doing around, you know, serving their members, um, being current um, and getting out of the mindset of, you know, the, the delivery channels of whether it's a conference or it's research or it's, you know, the magazine, but what are the overarching themes of the things that people need to know about, the things that are upcoming, the trends, um, you know, the current research, uh, helping, helping people navigate all that um, without being so caught up in what, what's the particular channel that it's uh, being delivered. Yeah, and a lot of organizations, they get, that's where I mentioned the tools. They get caught up in here's a webinar or here's put your logo uh, or banner on our newsletter or here's some other offering and it's all about slapping or pasting logos everywhere. Well, that doesn't offer much value. Whereas if it's an awards program or if it's a, uh, a specific campaign or advocacy effort or a themed approach, it, you move away from the tools and you move towards what the customer wants and then it could be, and should be far more successful. And when the, in the customer wants what you're saying there, that would be the the member of the organization. Which customer are you talking about in that instance? Sponsor. So, okay. so if the sponsor is interested in conveying their thought leadership related to regulatory issue X, and and they're pitched here's a uh, uh, an ad in the newsletter, or here's an exhibit booth, or here's a webinar. Well, it's not connecting for them. There's Those are the tools and they're interested in this regulatory issue. Mm -hmm. Well, can they get involved in that regulatory issue? And if so, how? Right, right. What are some um, fears that you would say either staff or board members have about, especially for, I would say, on the kind of more traditional nonprofit side of, um, you know, bringing in uh, private sector uh, groups to their to their organization. Sure, a uh, number one is if we take corporate money, how does that impact our mission? And I'm a big believer that any organization, association, traditional nonprofit, they should stick to their 
their their values and their culture and do not allow a sponsor to dictate or to determine how to handle something. They're in control, regardless of the funding. Um, that's that's one. The, uh, and then secondly, for a number of organizations, if they take corporate fun, funds, what does that mean? How do they work with them? And to clarify ahead of time what those requirements are, what those values are, so it's easier for them to set up a program that's going to be successful, as opposed to just hit or miss and see what happens. Yeah, and I would imagine um, uh, helping a group kind of talk through what they're looking for in sponsors. So the, in the same way that you're talking about flipping the script and thinking about it from the sponsor's point of view and what value they're going to get out of it, but then from the organization's point of view, helping them think through, you know, what is it with, that we want? Who, who do we want to partner with? Who do we want to kind of give access and who do we not? And like having that conversation without individual sponsorship opportunities in the room or, you know, in, in the conversation, um, I would think would kind of set them up to uh, feel more confident in, in moving forward to look for uh, potential um, organizations. So it isn't just based on, as you said, the current board members that they happen to have, who they happen to have relationships with, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, when they set the parameters or the guidelines ahead of time, they're going to be far more uh, directed and focused, and it's going to be easier for them to move forward as opposed to, well, what, what walk through the door and what did the company say they would do? And then the board or leadership is looking at that, and all of a sudden, they haven't clarified their own values, they haven't clarified their own culture, they haven't set the parameters, they haven't set the guidelines. And often that, that leads to maybe not a problem at that point in time, but a problem down the line. Sure, sure. We'll be back after this quick break. Mission Impact is sponsored by Grace Social Sector Consulting. Grace Social Sector Consulting helps nonprofits and associations become more strategic and innovative for greater mission impact. Download free resources on strategic planning, program portfolio review, design thinking, and more at gracesocialsector.com slash resources. We're back on Mission Impact. So at the end of each podcast episode, I play a little game where I pull out a Random, somewhat random icebreaker question. Um, so the one I have, I have three of them sitting here. I always pull that three to just see what, what's going to fit. Uh, I don't know if this fits or not, but we just, we just moved into spring. And I think this will actually be being published sometime probably as we're moving more towards summer. But which season would you say fits your personality? That's a good one. Probably fall. And the reason I say fall is it's, in my mind, it's beautiful outside because the leaves are turning, the weather is a little cooler, more comfortable. I like to walk and with my family, we'll hike and get outside. And fall could be a, a rebirth and it's a change, it shifts. And I like that. I like that change. I like the feel in the air. I like how things are changing. So fall is fall is my favorite season. And I think it would describe who, I don't know if it describes who I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really, I really enjoy fall and, and I enjoy the change of seasons. Yeah. 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 We're just, I'm enjoying the, the, all the, all the, um, 
flowers popping up right now and the trees blooming and then yes at the other end when that when all the leaves are falling and you have that shift in the weather um appreciate that uh my one of my sisters moved out to california and one of the things she missed the most about the east coast was having seasons so well i really appreciate yeah, okay, go ahead i was gonna say i just i love the different seasons i love how in, the, in, in our area, in the Washington, D.C. area, there's distinct and different seasons. And I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, what's what are you excited about? What's coming up for you and what's emerging in your work these days? It's interesting as we start to move, hopefully, out of the pandemic and working with different organizations, similar to coming back to the fall, there's a bit of a rebirth bit of okay now we need to move forward and then in my role it's looking at it through the lens of no you can't go back to the way you were doing it it let's make those adjustments those changes and then moving forward awesome awesome well thank you so much it was great having you on i really appreciate the conversation my my pleasure and thank you carol i, I like the way you ask the questions you ask people good questions and the follow-ups are, are on target in terms of all right well what does that mean to clarify yeah well what i one thing i appreciate about doing the the, the podcast is that i'm always learning something new because i get to talk to people about their area of expertise and and it's not necessarily mine so i get to you know um have a little mini master class so appreciate that and appreciate uh, you sharing your your perspective and all your wisdom on, on sponsorship. So thanks so much. My pleasure. And thank you for giving back to the association and nonprofit community by adding resources and adding value. I appreciated how Lewis described how to work with your sponsors and potential sponsors to create more value for both your organization as well as the company. And that it starts with a conversation with a sponsor. What are they looking to achieve? How might you line, align in your efforts and for both sides, the sponsor and your organization, that developing the relationship should be with the longer term in mind? Indeed, if either party is just looking for short-term gain, they're listening, missing a lot of opportunity and value that could be there. And there's also more opportunity available if different parts of your organization are cross-pollinating and talking. In an association, staff who are managing the magazine, staff who are producing webinars and other learning events, are they talking and coordinating their efforts with a sponsor and a tie-in? Of course, all of this comes with being mindful about, a whether, about whether a particular sponsor aligns with your organizational values. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate the time you spend with me and my guests. You can find out how to connect with Lewis, his full bio, the full transcript of our conversation, as well as any links and resources mentioned during the show in the show notes at missionimpactpodcast.com slash show notes. I'd like to thank Isabel Strauss-Riggs for her support in editing and production, as well as April Kuster of 100 Ninjas for her production support. Please take a minute to rate and review Mission Impact on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It does help other people find the podcast, and we really appreciate it. Until next time.